UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. I hit my intro, if it barks. Okay, uh, I think we're recording, but I want to hit my intro here. I like this part out. Back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. Uh, I heard this woman on Coast to Coast AM. And then it prompted me to get a hold of her because the knowledge she has is amazing. And who I have with me is Constance Victoria Briggs. She's a metaphysical, spiritual, and cosmic researcher and writer. She's the author of The Encyclopedia of Angels, The Encyclopedia of God, The Encyclopedia of the Unseen World, and The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, and also her newest book, which is The Moon's Galactic History. She has been invited as a guest speaker on several radio shows discussing such topics as extraterrestrials, angels, ancient aliens, life after death, after death communication, out of body experiences, moon mysteries, and more. Shows that Briggs have been featured on include Coast to Coast with George Nori, Midnight Society, The Leak Project, I'm a big fan of them, Kingdom of Nine, I'm a big fan of Heather, Earth Ancients with Cliff, I, all, all the shows she's been on, I'm a big fan of Paranormal Soup and the Paranormal Sacred Others. It's Briggs' goal to investigate the mysteries of the universe and how they connect humanity. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Uh, Constance, thank you for joining me. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate, appreciate the invitation. Um, so you've written, I, I'm going to get mostly, I want to talk about your new book on the moon tonight, but I wanted to ask you first, like, what prompted you to become an author and get into these topics? Or like, are you an experiencer yourself or were you just always curious about the paranormal? So uh, I am an experiencer and that is why I uh, started writing books on this subject. I always wanted to be a writer, but I thought it would be, I would be a novelist. But uh, it didn't life didn't turn out that way. Uh, yeah, no, I started out with some paranormal experiences, and so I thought maybe some people could benefit from you know from my experiences and just me authoring some books and you know uh, passing on that knowledge. As if if other people were experiencing, for example, I, I, this isn't what the show is about. But but for example, both of my parents have passed away, and they've both. Uh, presented visitations, all right, after they passed away. So, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, go down that, that road and, and, and help others to understand what they might be experiencing as well. That's how I started. But the cosmic, That's, sorry, the cosmic, sorry, go ahead. the 
cosmic is something else. <laughs> what do you mean by cosmic? Do you mean like the ET stuff? Do you have ET? Yeah, the, the ET, ET UFOs, the moon, um, all of the galactic stuff, which is so much of where my heart is. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's a. I eventually I evolved to that. Uh, I've been talking a lot about the moon in the last two years because of, of the uh, Moon Mysteries book. So the Moon Mysteries book, and, you know, in my um, writing about the angels in the unseen world, you know, you get a lot of stuff when you're in that field coming across your desk. And even though I had always believed that we weren't alone in the universe, I hadn't really gotten out there and done the research um, for a book until a book came across my desk one day uh, titled the uh, uh, Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon by um, a ufologist by the name of Don Wilson. I got a hold of his book and um, as much as I was a proponent for extraterrestrial visitation for Earth, I had no idea that there was something going on with the moon until I got a hold of his book. And at first... I know. It's uh, I was going to say, I, I was going to ask you about that because I heard you talk about that in your Coast to Coast interview. What does he say in that book? Does he basically say that like he thinks the moon was a was like towed in here? Is it's like a spaceship or like how does he present that? Like and and how did that intrigue you? He did present it that way. Um, he called it a spaceship, and he went into uh, great detail. I know some people don't believe that we went to the moon, but I do. And so um, for me, that was an easy read. He uh, went into some detail about some of the things that uh, had been discovered on the moon. Uh, at that time, you know, all those years ago, I didn't know all about the structures and things that have been discovered up there, which I, I hope to get into. Um, but yeah, he, he touched on some of the, the uh, lunar orbiter uh, photographs that had, you know, structures and, and you know, it's, it's been a while, so I don't remember all the details of the book, but that was the gist of it. And so that prompted me to, I was so fascinated, it prompted me to do my own research. And, you know, as I've gone down this road in the last few years, you know, I really feel like it is a pretty serious subject. I, I agree. I, I have a friend. His name's um he goes his name's Miles, right? But he goes by the name Miles Moonbases, right? He take he was taking pictures of the moon. He that's how he he was an experiencer too, and he first got into this and he said he found he had pictures of them like he was using like an older camera. I, I can't quote what he did because I'm I, I don't remember, but I mean I just had him on the show, but I can't remember exactly. I don't wanna but I know he said he saw he thought he saw they were drilling up there. And he also said that he thinks that there are structures on the moon. Like, do you think that there's like a biosphere up there? Like that there's like a breakaway civilization and there might be a biosphere or something? I think that there's uh, all, almost all of these things that you mentioned going on up there. That is one lively place for us to have been taught our whole life that the moon is just a dead thing in the sky with nothing happening. I'm here to say there is. Number one, I do think there is uh, either uh, an extraterrestrial extraterrestrial civilization um, up there. It could be also that we, I, I don't know much about a secret space program, but it could be that we have people there for a number of reasons. They could have gone in our ancient past or they could be more modern technology that we're not aware of 
of where they could be of, of having humans up there. So I'll just I'll just say that you know to kind of answer two questions at once. Uh, Don Wilson talked about that spacecraft moon spaceship moon theory. Now he wasn't the only one. In the 1970s, two uh, Russian Russian uh, Soviet scientists came forward. Uh, they wrote a paper. They worked for their government. They put their um, reputations on the line where they said they had looked at NASA's um, uh, data that came back with the astronauts and they concluded that this thing is a spaceship. So Don Wilson wasn't the only one that had put this, this idea out there. These guys said that it looked like, because uh, it looks like it's hollow, which is information of course that they got from NASA. They said, they, and the, the fact that the uh, craters are shallow, they're all about two and a half miles thick, no matter how hard a meteor hit them. Um, and they looked at the material that the moon is made from, and they said that this material shows that this thing was created to be a tough structure that looked like it was sent through the universe and that could withstand radiation and bomb medium bombardment and all this stuff and not really be affected. So that just, you know, makes us wonder what is something, what is it protecting? If the hull is this strong, what's inside of this hollow thing uh, that, you know, it needs protecting? Well, Don Wilson's book and the Soviet scientists and others said they think there is a civilization, well, not he, Don Wilson didn't say it, but the Soviet scientists said they think there's someone in there with all of this equipment and stuff for to last for years. And it looked like it was designed to just go across, you know, the universe for a long period of time. So that's one, one thing I believe. And with uh, them finding structures on the top of the moon, obviously, you know, the structures were put there by whom? Is it people? that are inside of the moon? Was there also people at one point in the moon's history that someone lived atop of the moon? Or, and or, are there extraterrestrials and humans? Now, um, if you want to jump in, I, I, I start talking, <laughs> I try to roll. No, I, I was going to say, did you ever notice this? Like, I think the moon is so, it's so mysterious to people because, and I, I, I don't want my subscribers to get, when they watch this, I don't want them to get mad because I brought this up many times, but I have to get your opinion on it because you yeah. research the moon. And that, what that is, is the moon seems to emit some kind of frequency when it's full, right? When there's a full moon, People do weird shit, excuse my language, you know, but like, it's not just a, it's, I don't think it's just a theory. Like I, I've, I've, I've talked to other people and their people are sure they're like, when there's a full moon, I know like even Miles said when, when uh, there's a full moon is his whole family acts weird, you know? And, um, you know, I, I noticed that like I'll act weird or, or, and, and like people, you know, I worked in the public with the public and people would come into the store and do very weird stuff. And like and 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 then I would real, say to someone something going on with the world and they'd say it's a full moon. And I don't think that was just a coincidence. What are your thoughts on that? So I don't you know, unless there is, is someone up there, you know, trying to control us somehow, which there are rumors of that. I guess there could be some sort of frequency signal thing they're sending out, or as I've been been told, our bodies are made up of, of water. And when there is a full moon, it affects all of, you know, it affects water. 
And are we feeling that when there's a full moon, are we feeling that effect in our, in our bodies? And that's what makes people go a little crazy. I don't know, but that is the theory. Um, but you are right, Meta, uh, hospitals have said that there are more violent emergency rooms. They see more violent crime. You know, uh, there's more I just crime wanted to ask you, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, like, do you think there's, what do you think of the, like, the human body in general? I, this is an off question. This wasn't on my list of questions, but, like, it, you said we're made up of water. Like, what do you think about, like, our brain and, like, the, like, and, like, it seems like we're such complex organisms, right? Like, I don't know what created us or, like, where we come from. If it was ETs or the Anunnaki or, you know, if we come from a moon civilization or if we've been here or Earth was terraformed, but, like, what are your, th I mean, cause you've studied NDEs and you studied mysteries. Like what are your thoughts on like where we came from and like what were our purposes here? Like, I mean, like, cause you're, you're a really prolific writer. So like, I have to get your opinion on that. Like, yeah. I mean. I think that um, the theory of our evolving and evolution here, and it is a theory, people take it as fact. I think it is, uh, I don't think it's true. I think that we are uh, beings that were created by advanced beings, it looks like. I almost feel like we're some kind of biological AI, it feels like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we go through life thinking that, okay, we're born and we grow old and die, and that's the process of life. I kind of feel like that is the experiment. All right. I don't think that we were ever uh, supposed to. Uh, I think because of our creation, and we need upgrades, and 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 possibly I've I've been understanding that the human race may have been receiving upgrades because there's so much extraterrestrial visitations going back in history. I feel like they're still working on us. I think we were seeded by advanced beings and were some sort of biological entity that they created. So I, I take this a step further. What are your thoughts on sim theory then? Oh, no, I don't, the, the simulation theory? Yeah. yeah no, I, uh, I don't believe we're in a simulation. I know some people think that, you know, we're, we've stepped into a, a, a film or we're living our movie. And I've, I've been thinking about it a lot, a lot but I'm just not, convinced yet because I've had out-of-body experiences. I know that we can come in and go, but I can't into these bodies and go, but I can't, I don't feel like I'm sitting around like operating a puppet, if that's what you mean. Yeah. I feel like I've stepped into this thing, but I don't know. It's 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 so hard for me to say because like I've talked about this on past shows like I get deja vu all the time that makes me think that like I've lived this exact life before and maybe I've made mistakes and I'm here to come back and do it again. Um, you know, not many people talk about that. People talk about reincarnation, but they always talk about that they've lived past lives. And I, I believe that too. I believe that I've lived past lives, but I also believe in like parallel realities that, that maybe we've lived this life before or. I don't know, because when you think about like dimensions and stuff like that, like, you know, there could be alternate versions of us or doppelgangers somewhere, right? Yes. I don't know. I do believe that we could, that we do live 
past lives. I don't believe that we're only living our past lives on earth. I believe whoever, okay, who, you know, whoever put us here has given us the ability to travel. We are advanced beings. One thing that I'm having a, a hard time understanding is that that, that astral body or, or what we call the soul coming into this, this avatar that we're in. We're, we're in an avatar that's created to live on the earth, right? So are we coming in from, are we advanced beings out there who come in and, and have the avatar and then can go to different places? That certainly seems to be what it is. We can go to a mini world. There are many worlds that we can visit. There are different dimensions. I've visited, as most people, and they don't remember, you can leave your body at night and you can travel, all right? You can go into different dimensions. If you're really lucky, you can wake up in the middle of it and have a conscious experience and know that you're there. But so I'm, I'm guessing, you know, that we were, these bodies were created by advanced beings. Somehow, they're, in, uh, you know, we can come down and we can inhabit these things. But the form, I feel, is, is just a kind of a, a, a AI and that the other being can come and inhabit. And that's what the soul is. And that's a very difficult thing to try to explain. And that is my theory. But like you, I'm working on all kinds of theories and questions. And I'm actually writing a book on this stuff. I'm putting in all of the theories that what we of what we are, where we may have come from, and uh, what life on earth is, and why we're here. So I'm trying to get into all of that. But the questions are complicated. Well, I think one thing that makes us, I think one thing, like, you know, like I've always heard people say one thing that differentiates us from animals is our ability to reason. And I, I agree with that somewhat, but I also think one of the things that differentiates us from any other species on this earth is our psi ability. But because like, because we have psi or psychic ability and, you know, we can, some people can bend spoons. And when I say psi, I don't just mean like telekinesis, psychokinesis, ESP, stuff like that. I also mean the out of body stuff too, because that's almost like a, like a, like a, like a supernatural power that we have, like that we're able to astral travel too, um, and, yeah. and remote viewing, right? Like yeah. remote viewings and too. Like, so I guess where I'm going with this is I, I say, I think it's that kind of stuff that makes us like different. But then when you think about dogs too, dogs are almost telepathic too, right? Cause like it, you could almost sit there and, and think a thought to a dog and it could almost like read, pick up what you're saying or, and also dogs can, um, dogs can sense ghosts. So they have special powers too, to a certain degree. They, they do. And here's something that um, I, I've been thinking about a lot lately because I've been, you know, looking into, into the an, animals and their behaviors. And some of them, you know, they're so sensitive and you're right. They're so psychic. Um, and I'm just wondering, oh, I know this is going to sound crazy, but whomever we are, when we leave this body and whomever we were before we came in, because we didn't start here at birth. We started out there and then we came in and then we leave. Do we have the opportunity to choose which body we're going to be a part of? Are we just powerful beings that can come in and be experience being any life form that we want? Was life on earth created, terraformed and then created, planted here, and these advanced beings can come in to have ex any experience? that they want in any life form. 
I really wonder about that. I'll tell you a funny story. Not a funny story. It's a sad story. But it's, when I say funny, I mean interesting. I was looking at a video the other day about an elephant. It was an elephant and her baby. The baby fell into the, a hole, a man-made hole. And the elephant mom is trying to pull this baby out and get it and get it. And she can't. She passed out. She fainted. She fainted. The, the mother did. The mother fainted because she couldn't save this baby. Just like any other mother would, right? And I just wonder, I said, wow, that's really an emotional, sensitive soul. We don't see animals like that. What if we have choices? Because, you know, what if we have the choices to come in and experience a different life form? Because what I've heard is that the soul, this, this advanced being that we are, is collecting experiences of all sorts. What if we have that opportunity to come in as a what we consider lesser life form, just to have the opportunity to experience something? So what we're seeing in animals sometimes, I, I feel like they're more emotional, sensitive, and also smarter, smarter than we thought, because they may be a, a soul, advanced soul coming in to experience um, a lower life form. I, I can I can kind of talk about that. Like th there was this researcher I used to watch. His name was Gerald Clark. He died. I don't know if you remember him. He wrote the book, The Anunnaki of Nibiru. Yes, Jerome Clark. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right? Well, he, uh, yeah, he talked about this one time. He said, like, when the first wave of consciousness came to this planet, like they 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 got trapped in form. They wanted to experience other life forms. So then he fast forwarded. He said there was the Roswell crash. Right. And that alien was interviewed. Her name was Errol. And she was speaking to this nurse. And there's a lot of things people say that 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 interview is faulty and it's 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 been debunked or whatever but something that she said that gerald said that was interesting she said she was part of this first rescue squad that came to earth it was like her and ahura mazda who was actually enki and they they came to the earth and they wanted to free their brothers and sisters who had gotten trapped in form and the way they found them is these 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 advanced beings of consciousness came to experience other life forms like you were talking about they got trapped mm -hmm found them because they were all emitting the flower of life symbol isn't that interesting wow wow yeah it's little, it's, that it, is interesting it, it's it, it, yeah but 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 it makes me think like what exactly are we i and, and i know we were supposed to talk about the moon but like i'm having so much fun talking to you about this because i know you talk about, <laughs> talking all this about stuff. my next book <laughs> I well, haven't even I'll get <laughs> what's that it's not even published yet. And we're talking some of the concepts that are in it were so interesting for me. <laughs> that, that's cool. So I'll get back to the moon questions. What, what, uh, what do you think the Apollo astronauts really saw up there when they went? Did you look into that? Yes, quite extensively. Um, first of all, I believe that uh, the Apollo astronauts saw quite a lot that they could not obviously disclose because NASA from way back when until today, have these guys, whoever worked for them, sign these um, non-disclosure agreements and they just can't talk. They'll be in big trouble if they do. So even the guys on ISS can't talk. They can't say what they're saying, all right? So for the, uh, the, the small amount of information that got through, the astronauts, all of them, all of the Apollo missions on the way to the moon were followed by UFOs. 
And if they couldn't see the UFO or ship, I'm just going to say ships, if they couldn't see it. They at least saw huge bright lights that were so, so bright that sometimes they couldn't even see inside of their, their craft. All right. They were these things that were flying, you know, one uh, in one mission. Uh, our people uh, in the U.S. NASA ground control saw as the Saturn V was flying out. We saw two UFOs flying next to it, and other countries that were monitoring it had seen them. And then when they finally got in touch with the astronauts, hours and hours later, the astronauts confirmed, yes, we saw those UFOs. They were, you know, uh, you know, you know, around us. Uh, others on the way reported seeing them on, on the way, and sometimes they were nervous as to whether or not they wanted to say anything because they thought, you know, ground control would think they were crazy or, you know, come back and have them tested <laughs> for their mental state. Uh, but some of them, you know, did mention seeing what they saw and some of this stuff is in uh, transcripts. Um, Apollo 11, if we, now let's start with Apollo, uh, I believe it was seven or eight before they even reached the moon. I'm forgetting which one. They, as soon as they got out there, uh, you know, before, before Apollo 11, they had to do test runs and, and, and things like that before they could land in on the moon. So the first one that went out, they saw this huge spaceship. It wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, spherical. It was. It looked kind of like a. I want to say a, a butterfly or something. Or people have called it angelic. It was white. It looked kind of like it had wings coming off the side. Um, and those astronauts took a picture of it. When this picture came back to uh, when they landed and they talked about it, they tried to cover this thing up with duct tape in the pictures. I actually talk about that in my Moon Mysteries book. I call it the duct tape cover-up. So they saw this thing, at, even at that time, they didn't have the, what we can do now with covering up pictures. We use, but this one picture got through of this amazing craft. So that's where it started. And then uh, with Apollo, Apollo 10, they uh, ran into some trouble out there. Uh, that was the... Um, the, uh, the ship just before the Apollo 11 landed men on the moon, they had to have a dress rehearsal, sort of, so to speak. And they got in trouble out there. They got, uh, when the um, lunar module separated from the command module. Is that the uh, tether, is that the tether uh, incident? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Oh, well, I don't, I'm, I'm, no, no. This In this one, the equipment failed. They couldn't get a lock in the equipment to, I guess, uh, land how they were supposed to. It's hard for me to describe it. I'm not a scientist. Anyway, so a UFO passed. So wait, you've got the command module, all right, where the one astronaut is still in space. The lunar module is going down as close as it can to the, to the moon's surface at the dress rehearsal for the Apollo 11 astronauts, Aldrin and, and Armstrong. So they go, but they get stuck. They couldn't go any further and they couldn't return to the command module. And they thought they were going to maybe die out there. And they're, they're, they're calling NASA mission control and they're asking for help. What can they do? They can't get the equipment to work. They can't get this thing to, this lever to move. And they saw something outside of their ship passed by very quickly. And after that thing passed by, whatever it was, 
the uh, equipment started to work again. Yeah, remember, remember, like I don't know. If, I'm sure you looked into this because you're a, like a prolific researcher. Like Buzz Aldrin was kind of like he was really outspoken about what they saw. Like he was like a real activist for UFOs at the end of his life, right? I mean, he seemed like he was really affected by whatever they saw up there. Right. So I think you're talking about Neil Armstrong, right? I, I think Aldrin, Buzz Aldrin too. Aldrin is still alive. Uh, is that who you're talking about, Bozo? Well, okay. I, I know both of them. I know I know one of them went to Antarctica, right? And and like he saw something as well. Okay, so that would have, I, I don't know where Aldrin went. I know that <laughs> Bob Armstrong went to a, a couple of places on his own mission. But anyway, um, Aldrin did write a book. He wrote. He's written two, and in his first book, he talks about them seeing an L-shaped UFO out there and them not knowing what to do about it. And they're reluctant to tell mission control what they're seeing. And they said, okay, well, you know, we're gonna have to tell them something. We don't know what this thing is. And it's following us, it's following us. And they, and so they asked mission control, well, you know, what, what could that be? Is it part of the Saturn V? Where's the Saturn V? You know, it, the equipment fall off. And they said, oh, the Saturn V is like thousands of miles away from you. Long story short, they saw this thing. Buzz Aldrin writes about it in his, in his book. Some people have tried to say, well, you know, it's a piece of NASA's equipment. But, you know, come on. You know, why would a piece of equipment be following them? It didn't make any sense. So Buzz Aldrin talked Buzz <laughs> Aldrin talked about that. Um, no, they saw, sorry. No, go ahead. So, I'm sorry. I was going to tell you something, but it was, but I'll wait. I'm no, I was going to say those two saw uh, a number of things out there, including a spaceship sitting on the edge of a crater, which I thought in the beginning when I heard that it was a myth. Uh, maybe people were making that up. But then um, in my research, I found out that Christopher Kraft, who was the person who started Mission Control, confirmed that story, that they had seen ships sitting on the edge of a crater, and they called it in. That's not rumor. It's not myth. I feel like it's a smoking gun since Mr. Kraft worked so closely with the Apollo missions and created Mission Control pretty much. Yeah. Did you ever see, uh, did you ever follow any of David Sarita's work? Um, I don't know because I do so much research and, you know, it's a lot of. Yeah. Well, he did a video one time he on, I think he did it on leak project or he did it on Carrie Cassidy's channel. One of the okay. two where he said the, ch the challenger got blown up. Like, and, and do you, I don't know if you remember that, but he said uh, when the challenge that space shuttle, the challenger blew up, he said that it was a UFO that did that. And he mm -hmm. had like proof of it. Like, um, do you think these UFOs are malevolent or do you think they're benevolent or do you think there's a mix? Like they could be everything. So I, I think that, uh, I think that for the most part, they're benevolent. I don't know much about the, the malevolent uh, UFOs. I do. I think Challenger was blown up. I've heard that, but I, I don't see any reason why they would have blown Challenger up. All right. It doesn't make any sense to me. They've had all of these missions go up in the past in the 60s and early 70s, and they didn't blow them up. If anything, it appeared like they tried to help them. There have, you know, there were men who worked for NASA who said that it looked like uh, his name was Maurice Chatelain, a man uh, who worked for NASA. He wrote a book that said it looked like the UFOs were sitting there 
waiting for the astronauts to see perhaps if they would land okay. All right. And that's you know that's been you know that's a good thing. There are two accounts, Apollo 10, of the account I told you. It looks like, and they said, the astronaut said it looks like they were trying to help, that they helped. That's how we got back. But they the rumor is that they hushed that up. And then you've got Apollo 13, which you never saw this in the movie, where you know there is there is talk that extraterrestrials helped them to get back. Now, I don't have any evidence of that one. I mean, at least with the other ones, I've got some transcript or something the Apollo astronaut said, or Maurice Chatelain said, you know, they were there to help, he thought, when he was watching. But I don't have that for Apollo 13, but that is the story. We've had um, 12 astronauts walk on the moon. If they were benevolent, wouldn't they have done something? Yeah. That is true. That it makes sense. That really, yeah. Um, one question I wanted to ask you about was on your on your on the cover of your new book. You have a dome structure on the moon. Can you talk about that? Yes. So there are a lot of things the Apollo astronauts saw, um, and dome structures were one of the things they talked about in the transcripts. We don't have. Um, extensive conversations, but we have uh, snippets of things they would say, oh, look at that. Oh, there's domes. Oh, there's lights. There's lights under those domes. You know, what is that? What is that? Um, so we have the, the Apollo astronauts talking about that. We have some astronomers today who are also taking pictures and saying they're seeing domes up there. These domes are said to have appear and disappear now, I don't know if there is lights going on and off, and that's why they look that way. But there appears to be um, an energy source underneath them, which would lend credence to the idea that there is a civilization or someone inside of the moon running some sort of uh, energy source that's lighting up those domes. And it could be an artificial environment, you know, in the, in the domes are there for whatever reason that's a part of the environment. I don't know. Like a biosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what that is about. And I really love that cover and I'm, I'm so glad they did it. You're the second person that has asked me the question about the dome on, on the cover. So thank I you. Like, I like that. I like the cover. It's nice. Um, what, what about drilling on the moon? Have you heard that they could be drilling for like helium-3? And um, what are your thoughts on that? So uh, some of the information that came back from the astronauts and also uh, researchers, researchers in the past that have looked at pictures taken by the lunar orbiters, these uh, sources said it looked like someone was drilling up there, that there's mining equipment up there, that some of the structures look like mining equipment. And the theory is that they could be drilling for helium-3. Now, what's interesting is um, if you ever listen to some of the contactees that went to, that claimed to have gone to the moon, uh, they talk about, uh, one of them talks about, and it may have been Howard Minger, talks about bartering up there. So he said that he, he was taken to the moon, and excuse me, it was either Minger or Adamski. Uh, one of these two gentlemen said they were taken, they saw ships going on and off planet. They saw bartering going on between extraterrestrials. 
And I just wonder that mining that they're doing up there, if there's a civilization up there, are they mining something for bartering with other uh, extraterrestrials? Or are, you know, there's a theory that we, uh, you know, humanity, one of our governments somewhere or many together may have people up there that are mining because they're seeing things like uh, pipes and roads and equipment. Of course, if we have it, extraterrestrials can have it. You know, there's no reason to think that, you know, we're alone in the universe. There's every reason to think that someone else is out there. I think that we didn't get far before we bumped into someone. And of course, they could be mining and have equipment too. The equipment could look similar. Now, here's a very interesting uh, uh, thing uh, that I like, a uh, point that I like to bring up is that in ancient times, we are said to, uh, according to history and sources, it looks like we had the ability to fly at one point, that our history on Earth may have been wiped out and we had to start over. Uh, some of the Hindu teach writings, sacred writings and others, say that the gods would fly from Earth and to the moon and beyond. And I just wonder if, is it possible that at some point humanity was up there and it's <laughs> gonna sound crazy, but got stuck up there and couldn't get back due to a worldwide catastrophe at the time that we had the ability to fly, we have some sort of amnesia and have had to start again. Would it be people up there that, you know, are us mining and living? The structures that they found uh, on the moon looked like they were partially blown apart. Some of them looked like they were in a war. Some of them looked like they're totally intact. What they're seeing today, some of the astronomers are claiming to see buildings, some sort of buildings popping up and they're like miles and miles long. They found those in the 60s. They found them today. You know, why wouldn't there be civilization mining up there for their own resources and for their own world? We well, I got a question. I, I, this is the big, the biggest question, and this is, and this is the one that's really going to make you think. Like, uh, and I'm sure you covered this in your book. Why do you think there's the biggest, the big cover up? Like, do you think it's because of suppressed technology, like the anti gravity technology? They don't want the public to have it, or do you think maybe the moon has a resource that, or do you think they don't want people to know about ETs because it would freak out the ultra religious people, or do you think? I mean, there's so many reasons why they would hold it from us, right? But I'd love to get your opinion on. Why do you think this is all this information is suppressed? Because it's almost provable, right? This is all almost, it's not like me and you are speculating out our asses here, right? This is all like, like almost provable information that there's something going on in the moon. So the question is, why are they hiding it from us? I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, well, I have two theories. Uh, well, one of them is so such an obvious one. It was people don't know this, uh, but in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen sixties, they uh, NASA commissioned um, a report from the U.S. government, and they uh, they asked what should we. It was an institution, and they've changed the name. I don't remember the old name now, um, but they. Ask them what should we do in case the, you know we encounter anyone up there. You know the astronauts were sending them to the moon. What if they encounter extraterrestrials? 
And this report came back, and I, I have it in my new book. Basically, it says if they meet anyone out there, if any extraterrestrials are encountered, don't tell the public. Don't tell the public. It will be, in a nutshell, disastrous for the economy. There uh, may be chaos. People's religions would fail. They will not be able to accept it. Don't tell them. And I swear to you, I think that they're, they're still going by that today. I think that is their general rule. However, I also think that the extraterrestrials themselves may be running this show the, on the bigger picture. I think they are not, uh, they feel that we aren't ready to know about them. I think that they have some sort of plan um, in place for us to be informed or have that, uh, what we would call first contact or disclosure, which are two different things. I really think we've made first contact you know, years and years ago, but on a mass scale, we haven't. But I think they're calling the shots as to when we're ready. In fact, uh, there was an author, whether or not you believe him, but there was an Israeli author a few years back who wrote a book. And um, he's, you know, he's a decorated person, military man, he's got all the money, he's old, and he's got, says, I have everything I need. I'm just going to tell you. On the tip of my tongue. Is, I, I'm going to look it up on my tongue. Something. <laughs> I'm so bad at names. I I'll, I'll, I'll find out. I, I remember. I should remember his name. I. Uh, it, it's. It's. Uh, it's. Ishmael, uh, e H. I want to say E H E D Ishmael Imad. Anyway, long. Anyway, my. When I heard this on the news report, my head spun around. They mentioned him, and he had said that we have people on Mars, and that they're working with extraterrestrials. And that the extraterrestrial said not to tell us because we're not ready. And he said that it was high a shed, by the way. High how close was I? <laughs> and um, he said that they they said not to tell us because we're not ready. So um, this was a federation that they belong to. I feel like they feel like we're not ready, and they're calling the shots as to when this will be disclosed. They may have a rule out there. I mean, we for them not to show themselves to the masses. We see UFOs in the skies. We don't know what they're doing. And we have reports of, from people here and there that talk about UFO, not just UFO encounters, but ex meeting extraterrestrials. I met an extraterrestrial. Now, for whatever reason, they may approach people individually, but worldwide, they haven't done it. Now, this is something I find very interesting. I've heard that they uh, may be educating us through sci-fi. As simplistic as that may sound to some, that may be the way they're reaching people to let them know, to prepare them for the day that they make their presence known. Gene Roddenberry, uh, who is the producer, director, creator of Star Trek, was sitting in, was known to have sit in on paneling sessions from a woman who was uh, channeling extraterrestrials that said they were out on a ship in Earth's vicinity and that they were beings from different worlds and that they were traveling the universe and they were here to help. Now, after he sat in on these sessions, he created Star Trek and that's the biggest 
uh, you know, franchise out there that has managed to open people's minds as to whether or not we're alone in the universe. And his, some of his scripts are said to have been based on what he heard. You know, what's interesting about this, that one is there was a, a show that he did um, for the world is hollow and I've touched the sky. And it was based on a asteroid being sent thousands of years across the universe to reach a certain point. And it was, it was not an asteroid, it was a ship designed to look like an asteroid. And inside of this thing was, was a humanoid civilization that didn't even realize they were on a ship, they thought it was a world and they were living on the inside. And it sounds very much like the theory for the moon. All right, and, you know, people, you know, the researchers are now saying maybe this thing, you know, is designed with a moon-like substance to hide whatever or whoever is inside. So my point is the extraterrestrials have an agenda and ways of maybe trying to educate us for that time when they make their presence known. That's that's the that's the title of your one chapter. It's called the the moon's mysterious ascension. How did it get here? And it, that means it could be like it could be like the Death Star, right? Like it could. I mean, like because like we say like Star Wars and Star Trek are so much like life. Like because is that was that what you kind of mean? Like it could be like a Death Star type. You know, like you know what I'm trying to say. Like it could be a spaceship. I was trying to say. It's a you know it is a kind of a mega structure. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't believe that is out to. Uh, you know, kill planets, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a mega structure with someone in it. Now, the theories of who may be in it go beyond just a civilization in there that don't know that they're a civilization traveling, or maybe they do know. You know, this thing, uh, this moon of ours, um, I started calling it a thing by this point because, you know, it looks like a structure. Um, it was, if it was brought in, it could have brought beings with it that came to Earth. Maybe they sent some of their people to Earth. They may have been trying to escape a, a catastrophe, or catastrophe on their own world, and they came here, perhaps. Could some of those beings have come here, and could they be here now? Could they be humanoid enough to have looked like us? Was there an interaction? Or were these beings that came in um, yeah, it's a civilization, but did they have a different agenda than escaping their uh, world catastrophe? Were they explorers and scientists who saw this planet and said, you know, if they put a moon here, it can help life to thrive here. All right. And maybe that's why they brought it in. Could they be there now monitoring us? Do they have people down here that they're watching? Is that why the moon is here to help Earth? And, and life. And are there people on the moon who are taking our resources off Earth and into other parts of the galaxy? I've seen reports on USOs leaving the water and going up and out. Who knows what they took from the ocean? I've seen, seen reports where people have seen water rising from rivers up into spacecraft and taken out. And there's a theory that they're storing some stuff on the moon and then shipping it off. There's another theory that the moon is a way station for lots of extraterrestrials just coming and going and doing their thing for whatever reason. Some are coming here, some are going there. But I've seen also uh, pictures of what looks like fleets of ships leaving the moon. And here's the big question. 
where those ships going? They, yeah, they could be going elsewhere in the galaxy, but are any of them coming here? When we see fleets yeah. leaving the moon, we're so close and we see so many, there are so many reports of UFOs all the time around Earth these days. I, I wonder what's really going on because one, one thing that you brought up that was really interesting was uh, the USOs. Like I find that fascinating because um, we don't have no clue what's what's going on under our water. We don't know about what's going on under the water just as much as we don't know about space, right? So like there could be whole bases under underwater. Okay. They could be they could be taking minerals from the ocean or they could be and then taking that up to the moon. Like yes. you said, using the moon or Mars as a way station. They they might take gold if you if you follow the, the story of the Anunnaki, like you know, gold's a you know, gold one thing people don't realize about gold is it never deteriorates. Like if you have a shipwreck and you have like copper, silver, gold, and it's from a hundred years ago, if you look now, all that copper and silver and shit will be like it'll be rusted, but the gold never it never deteriorates, right? It's it never it never goes bad. So like it's a it's a precious metal that I think people would really or I say people because I think some of the ETs are just like us. I think I think they could go by in our society and we wouldn't even recognize them sometimes. Yes. Maybe I don't know. What yes. do you think? Yes, no, I, I actually uh, I believe that we have ETs living among us. I do, um, and for whatever reason, you know, maybe they're here to to help us and they're you know working with scientists um there are rumors that our scientists on earth have some secret uh basis somewhere working with ets to help society there's a, a theory but i do believe that we have extraterrestrials among us that we don't recognize that that are, are here for whatever reason i mean i mean i don't think that they're always just taking these cylinder shaped ships or these triangle ships and you know, parking them and then leaving immediately. They're staying somewhere. They can stay on the ships, but I think I think they're here among us. And I think that we are a very we can, we're in ignorance. I think there's a universe of life everywhere. And I think that when you're a young species and you're still developing and you're still getting going and we're very young, that we just are just getting to that point where we're getting away from our mythology. Our, our, you know, I'm talking about our, our some of the religious beliefs. They, people are kind of stuck in it, so they can't think out. But more and more people are beginning to ask, and so hopefully soon we can become that, that like them. We can be the ones going out in ships and exploring. I mean, why would we have to stand still? So I think that's where we are. I think we're just getting to that edge where we're about to find out way more than you know we ever imagined that there's not just you know a god sitting in the sky on a throne for earth that there are be people everywhere well what do you think about the i'll just ask you this real quick and we'll finish up but like what do you think about the secret space program do you think i mean i've had some whistleblowers on my show i don't i don't know if i believe all of them but i mean like i, I i'm because i'm i tend to be a little bit skeptical right i like evidence but at the same time i can't deny their claims because they're coming, they're having these memories for some reason, for some reason or other, they're, 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 they're triggered by something. Right. So like, I truly believe something ha might've happened to these people. Like, um, I, I, and I do believe that the government covers stuff up all the time. Like they've lied to us about everything. So, I mean, 
okay, like I know we have to be skeptical, right? Because like that's a, we we should always be guarded about what information we put out. But at the same time, it's like how do we know what to believe? What are your what are your thoughts on the SSP? I'm sort of on on where you are. I, you know, I I I'm not sure everyone's being truthful. All right. I mean, I think it is a huge possibility that we have a secret space agency thing going on. But I don't know if it's all of these people that we're hearing from coming out of the woodwork looked like with all these stories. I don't know about them. All right. But I, I can honestly, I need to investigate more. I'm not sure I believe it all. Yeah, but that's right. You're just being skeptical. That's all. I mean, you're not being rude about it. You're just like, you know, you're questioning it, right? Right. right. But there was this one. Oof, this is so bad. I'm so sorry. I, I forget names. Um, there was a, a gentleman who worked for Lockheed, and uh, he said that we have the technology, uh, like Ben Star Rich. Thank you. He, he said Thank we have you. the ability to buy each home. Your whole audience knows that I'm bad with names now. If you get my books, they're in there. He said that. He says we have the, we've all, we have that technology to travel the stars. So if we have the technology to travel the stars, I mean, we're talking about another expert with experience, top of the line guy here, right? He knows his stuff. If we have it, I'm pretty sure they've been using it. All right? I agree. What have they been using it for? He said, what do you what do you think they've been doing all those years? What have we been using it for? We just may have a breakaway civilization that we planted on the moon or on Mars or elsewhere. We don't know anything about it. So that part, I believe, is a possibility. The guys, the soldiers coming out, I just don't know enough about to comment on. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and I I I I, I I, I agree because it's, it's, it's a lot to take in, you know, like, um, and, and I think you're, you're, you're like, you're evidence-based or you want to, you know, like you like to see evidence. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I don't mind theories, uh, but you know, I, because I think we have to keep the conversation going or it's just going to die out again. So we have to talk about it. We have to mold things around. It's nice if we have the evidence. I don't mind theories. But these guys aren't, aren't a theory. They're coming forth and they're saying this happened. That's a, there's a difference, all right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions. Oh, uh, we know that's that's all the questions I had for today. Um, I, we can do a part two when you when your new book comes out because I'd love to do a podcast with you on consciousness and near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences and all that. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah. That would be great. Thank you. Because I really enjoyed this whole conversation, but I really enjoyed the first part when we were talking about all different kinds of stuff. Like I really relate to you on all these different subjects. So this was really fascinating. Can you tell everybody um, where to find the book? And I can put a link in the description and where to find your website or find you or however, whatever you want to promote. Thank you right. so much. So I have two uh, moon books out. Can I show them? Moon, yeah. The Moon's Galactic History, a look at the Moon's extraterrestrial past and its connection to Earth. Guys, there's that blue dome. <laughs> and um, it has a lot of info. We, we could barely scratch the surface of things here. All right. And then this is the uh, 
the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. Um, it's an A to Z volume of uh, things about the moon from the Apollo astronauts to uh, lunacy, the subject lunacy, um, the uh, moon's history. Of, uh, you know, there was a time without a moon, which we didn't even get into that. The theory of a, a time with no moon in the sky and and how it got here, it talks about that. So you can get both of my books on Amazon, Adventures Unlimited Press is another place, a publisher online. Um, those are the ancient aliens people. Um, uh, also on Facebook, I have a Moon Mysteries page, a Constance Victoria Briggs page. You can email me through my website at www.constancevictoriabriggs.com. That's awesome. Well, it was so nice meeting you. Like, I, I really relate to you on, on all these subjects. And like, I'd love to have you back on the show. I, 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 you're really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And I'll send you a link when I post it. Probably not tomorrow, but the next day I'll, 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 I'll post it. Okay. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a